Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me, Melon. We've got uh, Mike and Raph here, and we are kicking off with visual for the first time. Those of us who listen on podcast players all over the net, it's all the same as normal, but uh, we're going, we're branching out into a brave new world. How you going there, Raph? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good, brother. How are you doing, man? Dude, it's, it's actually kind of, it's kind of wild if you think about it. It's the first time we've, uh, we're doing video. People actually get to see our ugly ass mugs. Or they listen to poor us. people. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of feedback about how we've got good heads for uh, radio. And yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, you'll see there's a, an icon rather than a head for the uh, serving member. How are you going, Mike? Good. I, I'm just doing everybody a favor, pretty much. I mean, there, our ratings are already going to go down. Everybody's going to see it, what we really look like now, at least you two mugs. And uh, they're going to be like, wow, not what I expected. And <laughs> so I'm trying to cut our losses, basically what i'm trying to do now you got to do it you got to do it and uh welcome back it's a it's a new year 2023 you know it's all the listeners out there may be a a year of fulfillment and meaning and may you, you bring prosperity into your life and that of your family and I, you know we really wish you guys all the best for the year health and happiness you know it's a year to get after it it's a year to create something new it's a year to push uh chaos back in your life and find an area where you can't 10x something you know find an area in your life where you can smash it and put it out of the park i hope you guys will have a a fantastic 2023 how was your uh your christmas and new years and everything raf <clears throat> oh man it was uh you know it's the it it, it wasn't chaotic but uh, you know we're very fortunate that uh i guess we got a custom in the military that like holiday isn't a specific set of dates it's it's that moment and so of course since December or I, rather since Thanksgiving because of my work schedule, my wife's work schedule, her family's schedules, we ended up like we ended up shifting everything around. I think we celebrated Thanksgiving like mid-December or something crazy. And then, you know, Christmas was like literally the day before Christmas Eve because I had to work, you know, Christmas holiday. Um, that's where, you know, peak travel. So lots of flying. Um, and then same thing with New Year's, you know, I was on the road. So we just kind of celebrated in between the actual days. But I mean, like I said, it's it's military life, man. So it's not, you know, you don't get all wrapped around the actual. It's it's the moment, right? It's not the dates. Who gives a shit about it's the dates? hundred percent. It's the moment. It's the people. Yeah. How about you, Mike? How was your how's your Christmas? How's your uh New Year's Eve and 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 how have things been since we last spoke? Uh, everything's been really good, and I think we already covered this, dummies, because we did an episode of January 1st and talk about New Year's, so we're, we're literally recapping. It's uh, the Friday the 13th, which is bad luck, which is obviously why I'm here with these two, so uh, <laughs> um, I don't know what to say. I, I, I can't go back that far. It's almost uh, two two weeks ago, I think, was the last time. We've all been pretty busy, but... Uh, it was good. I've uh, just been focusing on a lot of work and we started training uh, the next three months. I set up three months of training for my guys and we're, we hit the ground running all, all prior to break was prep and planning and making sure, you know, our T's were crossed and the I's were dotted. And it was very clear, Hey, when we get back off a of break, we're hitting the ground running and we're going to hit it hard for the next three months. So we just finished up our, our first two weeks of that and guys are enjoying it, having fun, learning a lot. I'm excited. Uh, it gets me out of the office and I'm back out, you know, running around and, and kit and rifle and, you know, doing that thing. So I'm pretty, pretty happy with that. And, uh, are you, are you still, are you still broke back Mike or is that getting better? Uh, I was doing pretty good. We had a five mile run uh, that we did and I actually did really well at it. And then uh, yesterday for workout, we actually played speedball and our, uh, our triad came out our, our top three and we played against each other. And I'm actually pretty sore, like my lower back today. So uh, I'm still doing a couple things. I have to get assessment, still doing physical therapy, but you know what? Like I'll figure it out, man. I always do. And, uh, yeah, I mean it's on my mind, but it's also just something I have to accept. Like I've I've taken a beating the last sixteen years, and 
I got to give myself a little bit of grace there. Like I could be a lot worse. You know, there are, there are guys that are a lot worse. So it's just maintaining perspective, I, I guess, and what I'm doing and yeah, man. Okay. I, I know that could happen. So how do I get past it? You know, we, we uh, got back from, from Australia where we were blessed and had a, a wonderful time with the family. I mean, you know, we had, it wasn't without its challenges. We had any, any COVID on the trip over and we had to isolate her for periods. And Michael had like his uh, boy's own adventure. He, it was really nice. He, he went sailing with his cousin, Sea Scout stuff that I, I did with his, uh, with my brothers when I was a boy. And, uh, you know, he can sail a, a small boat on his own now, which he couldn't do before, which is awesome. And uh, time down at the coast outside Melbourne, just replicating all this stuff that I did as a kid. And uh, yeah, we got back. Just, it's a long way. <laughs> There's no two ways to say, uh, to do that trip. There's no good way to travel that far across the Earth's globe, as Raf knows well. Um, but yeah, we got back and everyone's sort of been a bit fluey since we got back. It was like right back, straight back to work, just like you guys and uh, getting after it. And uh, yeah, just been thinking a lot about the year and what's coming up and, you know, trying to set stuff in place, trying to sort out some financial goals for the year is a big one for me that I'm really focusing on this year. And uh, I've been back in the gym a bit, you know, hit a big session with my younger brother when we are in Oz. <laughs> it's always competitive when we hit the gym together. We've been training together for like more than 30 years, you know. I remember training with, with my brother when I was about 13. So uh, good times. And it's just... You know, let's let's get on with it. It's 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 a uh, it's a different challenge as you as you go through the different stages in your life, right, Mike? With your back, with whatever it is, with me, it's my knee at the moment, and it's just you know, there's a limit there that I, I've not had before with difficulty running, and I'm just like, you know, alternate means we're going to get there, maybe a different way, but uh, yeah, it's the journey. It's definitely not a destination. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd like to uh, just <clears throat> call Mellon out on a really good story he shared over break that it kind of stuck with me the last couple uh, couple days and thinking a lead up to this episode. But Mellon was on a flight to Australia heading home and he got uh, diverted and there was a uh, there was a mother with her baby on the plane. Uh, you want to tell us about that story? Because. I thought it was extremely powerful um, just talking about trust and society and kind of like, you know, there are good people out there. And I, I just thought it was really good on you, man. So I'm going to call you out to tell that story real quick. And because uh, right. it stuck with me. So I think it's good to share. Well, thanks, man. Uh, we, yeah, we we had like a long journey. You know, we had, we had to uh, go out by Jetta and there was thunderstorms and we got diverted and landed in a different place called Taif while there were thunderstorms in Jeddah and that to wait for them to clear. And then we got in there and we missed our connecting flight. It was a long way through Malaysia and uh, we got the next one. And anyways, it was a lot of chaos and we got, we got to Malaysia, no bags. And uh, Cheza rolled in and sorted that out and was filling in paperwork for the, somehow these bags were Saudi air tags. got to get transferred to a Malaysian Airways flight without us. And I'm like, <laughs> we're never seeing these bags again. But um you know, luckily my brother's the same size as me. His wife's the same size as Cherry and Annie. And there's a, a cousin Angus who's the same size as Michael. So crack on, you know, we're going to, we're going back to to family times. We don't need things. So there we are in, uh, in Malaysia waiting for the last flight. And, uh, you know, we've gone through the, the check-in and, and, and we're in the, the boarding area and we've gone forward to the, uh, you know, the disabled seats where we normally sit with Annie. And there's a, there's a young mother there with a baby and, you know, we just, she's there in the, in the baby seats. And so we started talking and it was, she was a young Australian mum who lives in uh, the UK and she was going home for Christmas on her own. And she'd been going from London on her own already. And uh, she'd, she'd had pretty much zero sleep with a four month old daughter. And um, yeah, we just got to talking and when it was time to check in, it was like, you know, Michael just grabbed one of her bags and I grabbed the other one and she sort of was a bit taken aback and we're like, oh, you know, like where are you sitting? Turns out she was sitting next to us on the flight anyway. So uh, long story short, next thing, you know, Cherry and I have got the baby and she's having her first sleep for sort of 24 hours. And the, it was really nice. It was no joke, pretty amazing to be 
we just got into one of those great conversations you can have in those moments of trial where you're all sort of sharing something. The the uh, all the staff on the aircraft figured it out pretty much that you know I've got this baby, it's not mine. There's the mum next to me sleeping, and they were just so you know everyone was amazing. I had like elderly Indian men with the turban and the red dot who spoke no English coming past and give me a fist bump and smiles. And later his wife and old, an old Indian grandmother came past and she took the baby for a while. And it was just, it was like, there really are good people, as you just said, Mike, you know, and it doesn't have to be monetary things or doesn't have to be big things either. But, um, you know, it was a nice, it was a really nice thing to see this poor mother shut her eyes, you know, with a baby we could give her a bottle and let the mum have a sleep. And we, we were happy because we got to hold a baby for a while, <laughs> which is always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a, a nice little way, a bit of Christmas spirit. Did you guys land with baby fever? Did you guys just knock the boots <laughs> as soon as you landed? Dude, that's a real thing. You laugh. That's Man, a real thing. I was like, you know, I told the mum, I'm like, you're going to have to pat my wife down and check her handbag for your baby. <laughs> Everyone's I mean. Four months, four months old, right? Like just peak oh, cuteness yeah, yeah, and the baby yeah. smell, yeah. you know. And yeah, yeah, it was lovely. It was, it was, it was lovely. It felt like Christmas. It felt, you know, I was happy, and I felt like I was helping someone else out. A little bit of humanity for but, once, uh, man. It's always about melon, <laughs> you son of a bitch. You know, it's funny. So whenever I'm uh, working or whatever, like I'll see a cute little baby, like chunky little thing, and I'm like, and I'll write to Bob's, and I'll be like, hey. I don't have baby fever, but I think I want a baby. She's like, that is baby fever, you idiot. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. you're just so like you just want to squeeze him, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my brother, uh, Hugh and his wife, they always had this thing for years and years. They'd say the word snatch, and it meant that they'd seen a beautiful little baby and they both were like, Oh, that's one we could snatch, you know, take it. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it sounds, sounds weird, but it sounds weird, but it's it's just a sweet thing, you know. I mean, who doesn't love a baby? There's something there's something wrong with you if you're not like uh, in a happy place when you're holding a, a little one. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that was a nice way to start the Christmas. I, I must say, Mike, you know, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Well, how, how great is of a story is that, you know, that, that kind of lifted me up just like knowing that there's people out there willing to help strangers and random people. And like, I'm very honored and happy, like not selling that short at all. Like I'm looking at him right now on the screen and knowing that's who he is. You know, he's not this six foot, four or whatever that is in meters melon like you know big good looking see you next tuesday as you, everybody can see now uh but i just thought it was like wow man i'm the amount of trust that mother must have had to hand off her four-year-old baby to strangers she just met at the airport and be like yeah i'm gonna close my my eyes and go to sleep and you're just gonna hold my baby and feed it i i don't know what that feels like but i i can't even imagine just like yeah, hey, I trust this person. And there must have been something that cued her in on like, I can trust these people. These are good people. You know, it, it definitely wasn't your looks, but it was probably your 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 smooth words or, or something like that. Something that gave her comfort. And it's, it, it, no joke, it's, it's got a lot to do with Annie and Michael. You know, like it's a different world. When I walk around on my own, 6'2", 188 centimeters for the metrically minded people on not the smallest guy walking around as a man in a crowd. You just, you get used to the way people react to you. And when I'm walking around with my daughter, you know, like she's got a cane and I'm holding hands with her. It is like a different world. People look at me and smile and, you know, people move out of the way and make space and stuff like it's, that's the effect, you know, a bit of a halo effect from being with Annie. And it was definitely that like this, you know, we were talking for a number of hours before we saw how tired she was. And I was like, how long have you been awake for? Because, you know, we're talking four months. The baby's on like a two-hour sort of feed-sleep routine at that at that stage. So what can you do? And so a couple of hours later, she was like, it's not like we can go anywhere. Yeah. We're all, we're all in the one tube flying through the sky like gods. Yeah. Also, also, to be fair, Melon dresses like one of those guys from To Catch a Predator. He's always in a black white beater and some dungarees, mustard stain. I mean... You kind of earn that, you know, you kind of earn those weird looks. And it's, of course, when sweet little Annie's next to you, that's, you know, she kind of disarms everybody. Yeah. I mean, I'm all dressed up today. Yeah. You are actually. That, that's Melon's we version of a black tie. 
Uh, it's true. It's true. So well, it sounded to me, Mike, like you were you were doing a bit of a, a lead there, a segue into uh, what we thought the topic would be today. So how about just sort of happy to just carry on there and let everyone know what you were thinking there? No, it, it definitely was. And, it, and it's a great example of about what we're going to talk about today. And uh, what we're talking about is kind of spiritual identity, all right, and, and how important that is. And when I say spiritual, I'm not talking about, you know, oh, religious beliefs or, or a God or anything. No, 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 no. We're not, we're not talking about that side of it. Uh, we're talking about who you really are, right? And what kind of propped this up in, in my mind the other day is uh, at work, we have our, our chaplain. And he came in and uh, before break, I actually got to speak to him for about 30 minutes uh, privately. He just was kind of moving through and I introduced myself and uh, I heard who he was and I just wanted to say hi to him and get to know him. And uh, we had a great 30 minute conversation. I think about three minutes of it was talking about his uh, religious duties, about services he's allowed to give and different things. And then the other 27 minutes was about life. His journey, he reads a book on leadership, uh, one book a week, and he's like, I never want to be satisfied. I, I always want to be better uh, husband. He has uh, two or three kids, and he's like, I just want to figure out how I can go next level for my, for my family. And then he's like, I was a pastor for 13 years, and then I joined the military. He commissioned as an officer, and he's like, I finished one deployment with the Marines, one deployment with you guys, and then he's going to do this next one as well. And he just said, I'm in such a blessed spot in my life that this is so wild and so bigger than me that I have the opportunity to come into this community and have some kind of positive impact on you guys in your life outside of just pulling triggers. He's like, it's one of the greatest honors that, uh, you know, through him, he's like, it's one of the greatest honors God has given me in my life to be able to be here and have this opportunity. And uh, he's like, I'm here in every aspect to talk to you, to help or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to invite you in. You're going to come speak to all my guys. And so the other day he came in and he spoke for about an hour and again, offered his services. But then it just snowballed into a really good conversation about who are you? He asked that question and he said, what are you guys fighting for? And, and on the outside, you know, the initial answer is like, well, I fight for my brothers. I fight for my country. I fight for freedom, you know, whatever. He's like, no, no, no. I really want you to dive in on that question. Who are you and what are you fighting for? And it was kind of quiet for like a minute, a solid minute, which seemed like an hour. <laughs> Room full of alpha type guys, you know, just looking around like, well, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to sound like a bitch, you know, or whatever. <laughs> totally get it. And it kind of was a feeling that just came over me. And I was like, here's my shot. I'm going to speak up and I'm going to lead like one. I'm a leader of the group, but also two, I'm a leader. Uh, I feel like I'm a leader, uh, in spirit, in my life, like where I'm at in my life, I should be a leader and I want to be that. So I, I kind of stood up and I was like, Hey, here's my story. I'll, I'll share it with everybody. And chaps just kind of like, let me go. And I talked about my struggles, uh, Going back to Not Your Average Operator, episode one, when I talked about a breakdown in 2017 and how I asked for help, how I was lost, how I didn't know what I was doing, who I was when I was outside. I was like, all I knew was military life, coming to work, be on time, work, and then go home to misery and not know who I was or what I, my whole life purpose was. Not just my job, but my life purpose and I, I brought up Tender Warrior. I said some of my best friends, some of the best men I've ever met in my life who aren't in my community, uh, they are just from every walks of life that are my best friends, more like brothers. These guys have shared knowledge and wisdom and literature, the things that are really bigger than anything. And that's just like your whole view on life and who you're supposed to be. And I was like, yeah, I fight for my country. I fight for my brothers, freedom, all that stuff. I Yeah, I got it. But I honestly took a second and I paused and I was like, you know what? I, I fight for me every single day and not in a selfish way, but I'm trying to figure out when I wake up, how do I keep fighting to become what God intended me to be? 
right? And it's not just it's not just the military. It's not just uh, one thing. It's like I wake up today and he kept me around. You know, I talked about sometimes to think about, oh, man, why am I still alive? He kept me around for a reason, and it's to grow and get better within my circle of friends, my family, my work environment, literally every aspect of who I'm supposed to be in every single moment that's presented to me. That's a battle. That's fighting on a level that's not physical, man, but that's the one that can make or break you before it even kicks off. If your if your spiritual side, if your image of who you are deep down is is dog shit, any challenge that comes, man, you're you're already failing, right? Mm. And it's so. I, I told Raph and Mellon before we even started recording about that. He asked, "Who are you really?" You know, like, who are you, and what are you doing this for? That's a hard question, you know. And people throw out the cliches of like, "Oh yeah, I'm fighting for my country. I'm fighting for my brothers. I'm fighting for this." All true. I'm not. I'm not degrading those. But. It was like, wow, man, you you really just went on another level there. Like, who are you really? When you wake up and look in the mirror, you know what a what a piece of shit it looks like. And some days you wake up and you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's me. How am I going to fix this? How am I going to get out of this? How am I going to be better for the people that are depending on me to be who I should be in these moments and good and bad moments? And I was just like, hey, guys, I think I found the topic for this week because <laughs> it hit yeah. pretty deep. And I think it's a great discussion. For the uh, for the non-military um, viewers and listeners in 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 pretty much all all uh, of the Western militaries, there's a, a branch, as uh, Mike has just mentioned here, of chaplains or padres who are religious leaders and and they serve and they're in uniform and then they're commissioned officers. Each each of the battalions and every unit I've ever been in has always had had one and you have access to them. They provide spiritual guidance and they're, they're also there as like a, a resource for, the, for command to assist with, um, you know, all sorts of stuff, marriage issues, relationship breakdowns, all the, all the normal kind of things that are going to happen to when you get a large group of um, personnel together and they also do battlefield services. You know, there's, there's always been that religious element for troops going into combat and people dying. They, they administer to the, to the troops on the battlefield and they're pretty special people. I mean, I've had some pretty amazing conversations with Padres that I've been lucky enough to serve with over the years. And it's pretty amazing. I think that these are the kinds of conversations that, military people can have at work when you've got someone who's got that uh, access and that vision and that background. And um, I mean, what a great thing to have that, that kind of personnel at work to, to bring these kinds of conversations, because if you don't have clarity around this stuff, that's when you can have, I mean, military units can really go off the rails when you don't have a clarity around mission and purpose and values and spiritual awareness and so on. And you're in the business of combat and there's death and all the challenges that can come with it. That's when things can really go sideways. So it's pretty interesting that the military invests in these things and it's, you know, they don't do anything lightly in the military. It's always based on, you know, decades and centuries of experience and lessons learned. So how did you answer the question in the end, Mike, or is it an open-ended conversation you guys are partway into about, who you are and what your spiritual identity is. Uh, <clears throat> I just talked about who, you know, my battle every day was not against some foreign enemy, right? That's a set period in time where I'm on deployment and it's like, Hey, now we're engaged in the enemy, but outside of deployment, like the daily battle is with yourself and my answer to him. And I'm really comfortable now with answering this question because if you would have asked me a couple of years ago i probably would have struggled being like who am i it's like well i i i know who i am and you know I, i'm i'm this in the military or i'm this or i'm a i'm a good guy you know and it's just like some cheesy you know cookie cutter answer you know that sounds good but i stopped and i was like man i know the answer to this and it's it's me on a never ending 
journey to become who God intended me to be in every single aspect of my life. That's who I am. That That's my role. I'm a servant. Mm. Like when, when I wake up, I am a servant to his vision and what he created me for. I don't even know what some of those are yet, but I'm open to them because I know it's just like, you know, we'll stick with the military thing. If you have a commander and you're, you know, you're, you're a junior enlisted guy, you expect the commander to randomly come up to you and give you tasks to challenge you to say, Hey, I need this, this, and this done. Go take care of it. Right. I kind of view it as like the same way now. My, uh, my responsibilities. It's like, man, I don't know what challenges or taskings are going to be put in front of me in my future uh, of my life. But, you know, whether I'm being a soldier, whether I'm being just a man, it's like, I want to be able to uh, address those tasks. I want to be able to figure them out. I want to be able to accomplish the mission uh, professionally or the mission of life. And it's like, hey, showing up on time, being there for the people that need you in the moments, being prepared for something, providing comfort for someone in their worst moment. And it's just, it's very clear now. And yeah, like I said, man, it's kind of cool that I can say that because a couple of years ago, I, I don't think I could. I don't think I could get down to that deep level and have that outside 30,000 foot look on life that I do now. So because it is interesting, right? Like a lot of people, I think if if you were to stop someone and ask them, like, who are you and what's your identity? A lot of people would answer with roles that they have in life. Mm-hmm. Like they might talk about being a son or a daughter or a brother or sister or a husband and wife or a various work roles, being a parent, being a, a provider for the family or a nurturer. It might be stuff that they talk about that occurs in their life as a role, not necessarily at the level of identity. It might be that those things are still, you know, the front of the shop. And it's not really like, who are you in the background while while doing those things? And I think it'd be a lot easier to ask, like answer, like, what do you do as opposed to who are you? Like that is a, a question that can, it requires a bit more digging and thought. How about you, Raph? How does that, uh, if I was to ask you, you know, Raph, who are you? How would you take that? Like what initially hits and then give it a pause and then 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 what comes through you? That's a that's a good question, man. And so when we were kind of talking about this, obviously kind of pondered, meditated on the whole the whole thought of it. And I kind of ended up going back to my notes, you know, when I wake up every morning and I do a little bit of uh, spiritual meditation of my own and kind of wake up for the day when I, you know, a couple hours before my family wakes up. And I was just kind of scrubbing through my notes and there was one that like kind of stuck out with me. And I was like, you know, as far as far as because uh, originally we were talking about spiritual, spiritual identity, um, like, you know, who are you? And obviously that's a for me, it's been an evolution, right? Because throughout my life, I've it, and again, not to go back to the cookie cutter thing, but you you were kind of you're raised with these expectations like you're you're a, a, an adolescent, you're a young adult, you're a whatever. And. With those titles come um, kind of standard, I guess, I don't want to say practices, but you like you, you kind of fall into that role, right? Like you're a high school student, you're a college student, at whatever. Um, but right now at 45 years old, I feel like um, if I have, if I think I've finally have realized that life is like at the very core of it, right? At the most basic axiom, I think it's about veracity for me like it's all about seeking the truth it's really about trying to find out what the truth is because like you know this the whole show is about pushing back against chaos and we've talked about this openly before there's there's a lot of bullshit out there that that'll literally hook hook into you and make you believe that that is something that you need to waste energy in um and so for me it, in the last couple of years it's been really important to kind of like cipher through all the bullshit and try to get to what the truth really is, you know, like what is important, what's going to bring me the most fulfillment and joy, not like instant gratification that usually leads, leads to some sort of shame. So having like, this is kind of long ways to say. So as I'm look, reading through my notes, there's one that I found and it was, I wrote this apparently uh, the 10th of December of last year. And it's just a quote. I start off with a, uh, if it's a quote from the Bible that, that really st- strikes me then i usually just write it down and it was i think that morning i was pondering about you know what what is all this about 
And it's James uh, 4, uh, verse 14, and it's, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And then I wrote down my thoughts after I read that. And I basically like came to the realization that every second of every minute, you're, you're basically, every, every one of us is racing to, to that expiration in this world as we know it, right? And it, and I've talked about this openly before, like I think as humans, we don't think about that because that in itself is a very scary thought. But the other side of that is that, you know, that should make you realize that you need to stop wasting time, that uh, you need to live, thrive, build something, you know, put the things that are important to you, the things that are true in front of you. And, uh, and I, and I, at the end of that, I wrote, and I'm actually surprised that I like reading back. I'm like, that actually sounds halfway smart, but I wrote down the Lord did this for a reason. It's to add texture and meaning to your life, right? Because nothing has value unless it can be taken away. And I, and I remember thinking like, this is something that every parent understands because when you, when your, your children are misbehaving, what do you do? You take away the thing that they covet, right? So life doesn't mean anything if you can't lose it. But if you think about it, like we all have an expiration and that should be enough to kind of like a cold shower that should wake you up and be like, holy hell, I'm wasting time. Um, so, yeah. So all that to say, like, I think um, who, who I am is I'm literally I've become this person that like I'm really just trying to like literally just get down to the truths of, of the things that matter, my family, my friends, the things that I can influence, knowing that there's an expiration for me. And hopefully that's enough motivation for me. Look, do I still waste time? Do I still fucking spend hours on Instagram looking at asses and Pomeranians? Yeah, just like the next person, right? <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, Aubrey. Uh, like it's, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying like there, there's a lot of frivolous crap that I do spend time in. And when I catch myself, I'm like, yeah, I don't have... I'm already behind the clock. Like I don't have time for this nonsense. Um, but more back to you, Mike, the, what you were talking about earlier, like as soon as you were talking, it kind of reminded me to the series that we did on not your average operator on um, Stu Webb's book, uh, tender warrior. And I, you know, the thing that still sticks with me from that book is the four pillars of, of a man's heart. And I would say a woman's heart too. Right. But I'm just, he specifically kind of, focuses on on manliness and, and manhood um, or masculinity rather and uh, the four pillars were if you guys remember it was uh, every man is a king every man is a lover every man is a friend and every man is a mentor um, and I think that those if you don't if you're listening to the show right now and you're like you, you know I don't know who I am or what I am I think that that's it if you're a man even if you're a woman I think that's a good place to kind of start i think you have to realize that those are four very important roles that you're going to play in not just your life but the lives that you impact and i think that that's a good way to kind of find purpose because when you were talking about all this mike i immediately thought life is about purpose find like once you find your purpose like the you know it's like you're just going to vomit what who you are because it it just hits you right like you know with a thousand percent confidence this is who i am but if you do, like mike you just talked about it when you were going through your you know, a year, two years of like, um, just that, that period, like you had, you had a very hard time, very difficult time kind of putting your, your finger on who you were. And remember, like you had me, you had Melon, you had other really close friends that were like this, not an echo chamber. We were like your, your sounding board. And I would tell you like, Mike, this is who you are. But I could tell that you hadn't really acknowledged it yet. Mm -hmm. um just from your answers and your questions and i was like yeah i mean and, and that, that's fine right we all we all will go through that um so anyways that's my roundabout way of talking about who i think i've who i think i am spiritually well, i i think it's uh yeah that's great raf i mean just just listening to you and like waking up and you know you started your day off with that type of uh assessment of yourself and going back to Stu weber's book you know and it's so easy now when something happens, good or bad, I can literally stop and I, I'm like a gorilla too, right? So I have four fingers and there's, there's those four pillars and anything that happens, I can just take five seconds and literally go, okay, this happened. Who do I need to be right now? And I can look at those pillars. It's direction. It's like a playbook in, in, in a sense, right? 
it's like, man, when times are good and guys are just relaxing, I don't need to be the leader. I don't need to be the warrior. I don't really need to be a mentor. I can just sit here and be their friend. Right. And then that's how I kind of, I literally pick up my fingers and I sit there and do that. And then other times, like when I go to work and it's like, Hey, put your kid on, we're going out to kill bad guys. It's like, okay, more leader, more of the warrior, a little bit more mentor. I can't really be your friend right now. You know, like I have to make some tough decisions and it's, and it's just like a filter and I can look at and have something to reference when I was growing up. And I, and I want to ask everybody out there, but particularly guys, when my dad died at 18, he was like my mentor. You know, we grow up and like your father is your father. And it's like, I'm going to go to him to ask him any type of guy questions. Right as I was becoming a, a, a young man, he was gone. And I didn't feel like I had anybody I could talk to for that direction. I didn't wake up and know who I was every day. I just knew I was supposed to do something. Like when I was going through selection, when I was in the military, when I was newly married and it was just like, Hey, I just got to wake up and I got to do things. Like I got to pay my bills. I got to go here. I got to go to work. I'm, I think I'm supposed to go do this. I think I should stop and get flowers because people said it's nice, you know, just like random shit. But I never had direction on like, who the hell did I wake up as this morning? There was nothing. There was no, you know, it's like a football team or, or a rugby team. It's like you have plays, you have like well thought out, hey, this is how it's going to flow and this is how we're going to attack it, right? And this is who you need to be on the team, whether you're the quarterback or the the wing or whatever. It's like you have a role and it's like, this is your responsibilities and what you're supposed to be doing, what you're supposed to be focused on. I had none of that. And it really wasn't until the last couple of years talking with you guys and these discussions that we have, reading Tender Warrior and a couple other books, listening to Dr. Jordan Peterson and Simon Sinek and like, all these great minds that are just really freaking diving in deep that I can literally sit here now and go, yeah, whatever happens, man, I know who I'm supposed to be. And it's a thousand pounds lighter. It's like this stress where everybody gets worked up and like, what am I supposed to do right now? Who am I supposed to be? It's just like, dude, relax. It's all good. Like, I got you. Like, I, I know how to handle this. I know who to be. Just follow me. And until they they pick that up too, you know? And I feel that's what you guys did to me. You guys are 10 years older. You've been through a lot. Everything I tell you, you guys are kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, rap always says, ask me how I know. And it's just, it's comfort to me because it's like, these guys are my leaders in a lot of ways. And I trust them and because they've demonstrated, hey man, I know what you're supposed to do in this moment. It's okay. You're going to be fine. It's not as bad as you think, you know? So go ahead, Melon. I think, yeah. Thanks, Mike. That was, Yeah. Thank you for the big, big uh, kudos that you give to Raf and I. Sometimes I don't know that we necessarily earn it, but definitely, you know, as Heath Bartlett always says, praise from the praiseworthy is high praise indeed. So thanks for that, man. Shout out to Heath. The uh, he's a old Aussie Hornet pilot for those who joined us recently. For Raf, they're talking about having these, this, the identity and the values and the meaning. Uh, and what you're what you're up to in the world, in always in the context of your mortality. I think that that is an excellent and powerful, and conscious and awake way to view the world. That yes, it's finite, you know, and you you can have these happy moments. And who doesn't love a Pomeranian? You know what I mean. <laughs> when Ralph talks about it, I always chuckle to myself. And you you know you don't always have to be on. You know what I mean. There's always it's time to take a knee and time to smell the roses and enjoy enjoy life as well. But the wasting of time or the wasting of the, the the blessing you've been given, that we've all been given to be here. So being able to hold, not all the time, but in key moments, just that mortality that there's a finitude to us as well, that we can only do one thing at a time. You can't do all things and that there's a sense I think in the modern era with digital and social media that, you know, we're trying to multitask so that we can be with friends who aren't here, plus the people who are here, plus be at work, plus. And it's it's a facade. It's an illusion that you're chasing when you're doing that. And if you can have that clarity that what you have is 
time bound. You know, none of us going to be here in 500 years. And what, what do you, what's important to you in, in the time you have? So Cherry and I, I know we've mentioned this previously. We did a course right back at the start of our marriage with a company called Landmark Education. It was like a personal development and they go over a lot of this stuff and it was really a, a hugely beneficial thing for Cherry and I to do right at the start of our marriage. And they were really big on getting clear on your identity as values that you are manifesting in the world. And the ones for me were compassion, brotherhood, and integrity. These three that I really thought about a lot, you know, for like an extended period thinking about what is, what is it that I'm really after in, in this world? Not I don't think I've ever said those three to you guys, you know, but I like to think that you would hear them and be like, oh yeah, that is who Melon is. You know, having never heard them before, never heard, having heard me say them. And it's like you can bring, you can cause these values to exist in the world, in the relationships you're with, wherever you are, and that whoever's with you gets an access to those. So that while I'm talking to Raph and Mike, you know, that that value or that uh, having brotherhood be present is true and having integrity by, you know, people find it easier to to be their word when you are you are your word or where you bring up areas where you've fallen down yourself and you share them and you let them know that if that's going to happen again in the future, that you'll take responsibility for it. You cause that. There's an access for the people around you to also share these values. This is just a slightly different way of thinking about some of the stuff that Raf and Mike have been talking about and getting clear on your highest values and what it is that you're up to in life in with that background thought of mortality and your limited amount of time, you can come up with these three or four values that you hold most dear. And, you know, like I've, I don't think about these that often anymore, but it's been something it's, we're talking more than 20 years ago, or actually 19 years ago that, that I did this course and, and, and came up with this as, as a list and, you know, because what is it that you're really up for in the world? What is it that you're, you feel like your purpose is here and what is it that you are most committed to? And so for me, it was those three. There's others, there's lots of other really great ones, people talking about self-expression, but people when, when they're in the room, everyone else gets to really express themselves and really the big things can, can be discussed when they're present. You know, it could be, it could be anything. And, um, you know, you got to live those values every day. Yeah. And and as soon as you say, you know, that you're going to be these values, there's going to be everything else that will come up that's not that. And you're going to have to work your way through the mud. And, you know, you're going to have to clean your scorecard where you messed up and let people know. Raf, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, this is kind of a warning to all our military friends listening that it might still be kind of up and coming. And Mike, you're around that group more than we are. Um, but it, you know, just... While you're talking, Mel, and I'm just kind of thinking back about my time in, in the military. And, you know, it's interesting because in that time period, you know, when I did the 20 years, like it was easy for me to identify as a Blackhawk pilot, right? As like a, as an army warrant or whatever it was at the time. But I was like literally shitting away every other part of my life, right? Because that was the easy one to chase. It's like, that's who I am. And that's where I would put all my focus. And I'd put like 2% effort into like my marriage or my relationships or whatever and so that's just my warning is that sometimes like i said it's easy to fall into this cookie cutter kind of like default like oh this is who i am and this is what i'm gonna do you know we go drink and go on vendors and we deploy and we do this and um but that's what i was gonna get at that's why it's kind of important to really have that sense of mortality and really know who you are because life isn't one dimension. I think Mike, you talked about it, you know, about the four pillars of, uh, of the heart, according to Stu Webb. And the strength is the strength. Your real strength is in being able to balance and be able to know which one, which hat you're going to wear when, and how much of it versus the others. I, I think that's where the strength really lies. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Cause you don't have any strength if you're a great, I don't know, like friend, but you're, 
a shitty leader and a shitty lover and a sh- you know what I mean like you the, the strength lies in like being good at all of them and knowing when to use them but um anyways just that's my warning for anyone in any sort of career field where like you've worked your ass off to get there and i understand the ego goes this is who i am i'm wearing the fucking long tab and the trident and the wings and the blah 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 and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna introduce myself like this everybody knows what i got on my chest listen the world does not give a shit like I, I would be the first one to tell you one of the funniest things. And I, and I love this about my wife, but you know, our running joke for the longest time was like, you know, I'm a pilot. She's like, literally nobody cares. And <laughs> that joke still resonates in my head. I'm like, yeah, no one cares. Like it, it's whatever it's, it's a profession I chose and I should be happy doing it. You know, you should never do something to, to get accolades or to get, you know, attaboys and that sort of shit. Because that that is a thousand percent in for me in my military and my flying career that that is the that is the one that is easy to say this is my identity and it's not your identity it is a a role you you occupy it is a position you hold it is a a task that you undertake but then you know what are you going to do when that stops and that can be really difficult for military people and people you know, first responders people who have have had a career that they've really believed in and pursued. It's like when when you're in a transition time out of that, or when you're having the rest of your life occur, who are you in that part? Like you can't be a you can't be a pilot with your wife. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a funny it's a funny thing to say. <laughs> and there's a lot of people who who do try to do it. But that's 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 you're highlighting exactly the crux of this point, Ralph. I think it's a really a valid thing to discuss. You know, you are not your role. And it's like, who are you behind that? Who are you when you're with your pilot mates? Who are you with you when, when you're with your parents? Who are you when you're with your your son or your daughter? Who are you when you are on your own? Who are you? You know, and for sure, there's an ego identity with something that you've pursued, and it's very difficult to do. And good good for you, you know. And we should take on difficult tasks, and we should aim for the stars when we're in our career and, and in every other area. But then, this is not who you are underneath. And the who you are underneath part can be very difficult to uncover. When uh, Mellon was talking about traits, it's kind of funny that he started bringing that stuff up. And uh, I actually had my own list that I was writing down as I was listening to you guys at the beginning. And I wrote down a couple words that are like short-term versus long-term that are wasted energy versus invested energy. And I'm going to kind of pair these up. But, you know, I talked about the four pillars. And then these situations also bring um, uh, emotions or feelings, you know, like when something bad happens, you feel anger or somebody hits you and you're like, well, I'm going to fucking hit you right back. Right. Eye for an eye. And it's just like real quick that you want to snap to like some of these feelings or emotions or processes. And, you know, the, the first pair I have is toxicity versus comfortability. Right. The short term is like, well, it pays off to be toxic and just like, you know, shred whatever comes at you and push it away versus like, no, I'm comfortable with this. This happened. I, I I get it. And I'm comfortable with anything that happens. Like it's just the way of the world. And there's, there's peace to that. That's long-term. The next one is spitefulness versus understanding, right? So if you want to be spiteful about somebody that's like just after you and they just want to like ruin your day, instead of just hitting them right back, like we're talking about is just like, try to have some understanding, Maybe they're a good person nine out of 10 days, but today they just woke up and got the worst news of their life. And that's why they're, 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 you know, miserable or talking shit to people and maybe just being like, Hey, you need to talk or something like are you having a bad day. Now, obviously it's very vague situation dependent. You're not going to do that in every situation, but if it's like in your home or in your friend circle or anything, you really care for these people. It's like, why wouldn't you just stop and be like, why are they acting like that? You know, there's power to understanding. Next one is uh, selfishness versus selflessness. It's very just to say, like, "Ah, I don't want to deal with that. And I'm just going to worry about myself, right? That's very short term. You're not invested. You're not getting, you know, energy, whatever. But when you help other people and you you see problems or things going around, you were like, yeah, I think I can offer something that can make this better, make this person better, which in, in turn makes my environment better. That's all a plus. That's the selflessness part. Uh, conceitedness versus empathy, right? So if you're a very conceited person, it's just like, man, you're just thinking about, again, more, more about you, more about yourself and what you want and your title. And, you know, I'm this, I'm that. And you kind of lead like a dictator. 
just like, no, man, like have empathy for other people because everybody goes through something. Right. And when you see people practice empathy, it, it's it's like a, a, like a blanket of comfort. And it's like, man, I want to be around this person. Like there's there's something to them where they understand. They get me. They get my story. They get my my life. And that's how relationships build. And then the last part is uh, non-authenticity versus genuine. You know, it's just like Raph just said, you know, nobody walks in a room and appreciates someone that walks around and flexes all their ribbons and devices on their on their chest or on their arm. It's like, okay, I see what you've accomplished, but who are you as a person? Oh, you're still an asshole. Yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, get out of the room. I don't care what you have or what <laughs> rank you are. You're an asshole to me. You don't appreciate me. You don't treat me right. You know, and you go down the list versus a genuine person like that was going to come in humble and be like, hey, yeah, I, I know what you guys view of me. But listen, that's not who I am. I'm here to I'm here for you. This is my role now. This is what I believe in. I'm here to help get you to where I'm at so that one day you can do it for the for the people that follow you. You know, it's a totally different environment. And just those words are things that I can break down when something happens, good or bad. It's like, man, I could go toxic real quick with this, real quick. Or I could be a spiteful son of a bitch and just take an eye for an eye just because. Is that going to benefit me in the long run? Is that going to redefine me of all the work I've put in? Yeah, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to practice the long term stuff and have some control and discipline and go, go the better route. And that's what's going to separate me. There's some really good stuff, I think, in there, Mike, where you talk about, like, if you're struggling and, you, and you're thinking about your own life, what, what Mike has just had there is put up a few things that you're not might want to highlight the thing that you do want to be. What is the value that you're aiming for by thinking about the opposite? So finding that spitefulness when you're thinking about understanding, you know, like you might find the understanding, I mean, rather than when you're like, don't be spiteful or don't be toxic. What's the opposite of that? And that's the thing I want to manifest in the world. That's the value that I'm holding. And it can be a really good way to have that black and white um, mm -hmm. comparison. You're going to jump in there, Raph? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, just something to think about. And because I, when, again, when I was meditating about all this, it's like, who are you? And, and more importantly, how, how did, how did I get to this point? And I think it's important to kind of give some anecdotal evidence or just kind of leave a roadmap so that others struggling to find their, their, their existence, their purpose, whatever, maybe this will be helpful. And it's, and I've realized that, I mean, have I arrived? Absolutely not. We've always said, you don't really want to get to a place where you feel like you've arrived, right? Like you're always want to want to be working, but there have things, there are things in my life that I, that I have turned around and I've turned the corner and I'm very, very proud of like um, it, you know, like just relationships and, and personal and professional sort of stuff. Um, and I think there's three cornerstones that like really help you get to that. So whatever, whatever your goal is, whatever your purpose is that you're trying to build, just remember that it takes like three things. And I'm, and I didn't come up with this. Like this was listening to another podcast. It's called Bedros Koulian and he, but the way he said it, I was like, fuck, he's right. Like that's, those are the things, those are the traits that got me to whatever I consider to be successful um and that's being focused so very very specifically you focus on whatever it is that you're trying to like maybe you're a shitty husband and you're trying to be a better husband maybe you're a terrible pilot and you want to be a better pilot um you know maybe you've flown with mel and you're like god that son of a bitch is good like, you know <laughs> why is he so like why is he so soft on on the on the controls you know whatever it is but but be very specific like in your brain write it down if you have to but be very like down to like the most um, smallest detail and then start planning that backwards. Uh, be uh, consistent, like make a decision to be consistent with that thing that you're trying to make better because without consistency, it's like working out. It's like anything in life. It's like dieting. It's, you know, it's dating your wife, dating your, your significant other. Um, if you're, if it's not consistent, it doesn't like, you're not going to build that, that muscle memory. And then the last one is, discipline and that really just comes down to do it even when you don't want to do it and there's so like trust me man there's a thousand fucking excuses in this brain of mine uh and they're they're ready to go every time i'm like gonna jump into a cold shower or like an ice bath or or even go work out yesterday's a perfect example i it was uh i did legs 
and as most of the time I, I enjoy like working, you know, squats and that, but I just was not feeling it. And like I sat in that parking lot for like fucking 30 minutes, Pomeranians and, 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 and whatever else I was looking at. And I was just like, and I remember just at some point I was like, all right, enough's enough. And I just like, there was a switch. Right. And I just got out of my car. didn't think about it. Ease didn't do it and eventually had a fucking a phenomenal workout. But the, but that's the point though, right? Like we're all going to hit those, those speed bumps, but discipline, even when you don't feel like it, that's especially when you need to tell yourself, fuck it, I'm doing it, you know? Um, and I think for me, at least it helps to, to think your, of yourself as, you know, the person that you're trying to be, like, you might not be that person already, like whatever level of savage you're, you're thinking about, but that's, who you're trying to become. So might as well just act like that person. And that person would just get up and fucking go do the thing. Right. And so that's something to think about. So those three things, focus, consistency, and discipline. And if you put those in any, any aspects of your life, whether it's starting your business or, you know, fucking being a better friend, a better husband, dude, I will guarantee that you're going to go leaps and bounds and, you know, orders of magnitude well above what, what you're shooting for. Because, I mean, listen, the, this isn't something that I've invented. This is something, if you look around, if you look at the Warren Buffetts, if you look at the Simon Sinek's, like Mike says, if you look at the people that are uber successful in those aspects of, of life that you're trying to improve, that's what they've done. Whatever, I mean, like those are the three pillars of what they took to, to get to that role. Yeah, and, and that's Love it. that's some gold coming from Raph too. I mean, I know he struggles getting up and like, completing thoughts and staying on because if he turns his head right now and takes his hat off, you'll see that he's missing a quarter of his brain because the back of his head goes straight down to his neck. So like, I mean, look at it right there. Look, it's straight down. So, I mean, just, just to hear him coming out, talking about his struggles with his, his mind and his, and his process, man, it, it, it motivates me. I think I'm going to drop down and do like 10 pushups, but it's, it's nice to hear Raph. I love you. <laughs> just just re just remember one day when you're allowed to show your ugly bug i you heard it here first folks burnt ernie literally <laughs> cross cross pollination of burnt ernie just you you heard it here first i'm just gonna leave it there the head does look a bit like a toothbrush doesn't it <laughs> oh man so uh who are you what's your spiritual identity is there any other thoughts that you wanted to that you were thinking that you wanted to just drop now before we wind up here, uh, Mike? You know that the topic is a big one, and obviously we're just opening, hopefully, the conversation for people to to apply this stuff in their own life. You know, like it's very easy to focus on the roles you have, the the jobs you do. Who are you underneath? Were there any other extra stuff you wanted to leave the listeners with here, Mike? No extra stuff. I think we hit a lot of aspects to start with, and. I'm going to challenge everybody, not just men, but women as well. Write some of these things down and look at it. You know, if what's the initial words that come to your mind when someone goes, who are you? It's like, oh, I'm a mother. Oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a pilot. I'm this, I'm that, whatever. All right. Cross those out and go deeper, right? Think about every moment that happened. Let's start with today, right? Who were you when you woke up? And then how did you evolve into the next part of your day, whether it was getting your kids ready for school, whether it was going to work, whether it was the phone call that you got and you received bad news and then going home at night to dinner with your rest of your family and then relaxing or and then reading a story to your children or some, you know, like go throughout your entire day and go, who was I in these moments? Who did I want to be in these moments? And I bet you'll find the differences within that space. So that's, that's and what I have as a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and let us know, send those in, send those into us. Let us know what your highest values are or what your identity is behind the roles that you fulfill. All right. Well, thanks very much for stopping. Thanks for uh, <laughs> watching us. If this is the first time you've done that, uh, it's a brave new world, audio and visual. I feel sorry for everybody who's written us out there. But uh, 2023, it's a new year. It's uh, a new playing field. Whatever's gone before is before. Reflect on it and draw lessons learned. And let's let's really get after this year. As a united people, we're standing in ranks, as Raph often says, on the left and the right. We're not necessarily close 
physically, but we're all facing in the same direction. We're, we're, we've got the same aim. So, uh, yeah, thanks very much for stopping. We really appreciate your time and we'll see you next week.